Welcome into episode three of Dialed In, a podcast by the High Cotton Club, presented by Golf RX and Mountain Juliet. Whether you need custom club fitting, club repair, or lessons, the guys at Golf RX and Mountain Juliet can get you dialed in. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. Mr. Ryan Smith or Mr. Seth Grissom can get you taken care of. Um, anything that you need, they're absolutely the guys to go see. So we really appreciate all of their support and involvement of the High Cotton Club and making all of this possible. Had a great time. Headed up I-65 today to sit down with Mr. Marty Scher at Kenny Perry's Country Creek. Really enjoyed sitting down and talking with him, hearing some stories of his time at the Country Creek, um, going all the way back to when the golf course was being built, his family ties there, talked a little bit about my family ties there, and looked forward to the barn burner at Kenny Perry's coming up here in just a few weeks. So um, really missed having my co-host, Mr. Tanner Sandell, out there today with me, but he did send a message for all you listeners that I'm going to pass along. My fellow roosters, I sincerely apologize for my absence on today's show. Unfortunately, the roller coaster-like condities of Middle Tennessee can oftentimes have a drastic effect on my vocal cords. This is not something I take lightly, and I'm looking into ways to better myself in such times as this. I trust my co-host, a.k.a. Lefty Sauce, a.k.a. Connor Hendrickson, a.k.a. AKA El Capitan, to carry on in times like this. After all, the show must go on. I look faithfully to the day that I can return, but until then, crack on. He uh, followed up that with, um, read it just like I typed it, AKA, and then AKA, AKA. It's a joke from one of his favorite shows. So what tripped me up, that's a, a shout out to one of his favorite shows and a shout out to Mr. Tanner Sindel. Certainly missed having him on the pod today, but looking forward to having him back, hopefully in the booth with me next week. So really enjoyed, again, today's episode and my conversation with Mr. Marty Scher. Um, I struggled at times just not feeling my best, but again, I could have sat there and talked with him for hours. So I hope you all enjoy the conversation, and until next time, we're on to the next one. Rich, some guys like it quiet, some guys like it loud. This is... Yeah, Gator needs to look like he needs some exercise, I don't know. Now that he has to play the shot, test anyone. Look at this, Peter. Look at this shot. Look at this. Might go in. Might go in. Might go in. It is it. Oh, he's running after. He ran after. He got there before the ball did. I don't believe it. How about that? I'm not sitting to that. You knew he would. You knew he would. together, Jim, those two. It's a great story. And welcome in to Dialed In, a podcast by the High Cotton Club. I'm your host, Connor Hendrickson. Uh, sadly missing my co-host, Mr. Tanner Sandell today. He's under the weather, battling some tough voice condities as uh, his voice has gone out due to his allergies. But very excited to be joined by Mr. Marty Shearer. We're live in the, the crow's nest of Kenny Perry's Country Creek. Marty, welcome in to Dialed In. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So Marty, uh, general manager here, right? Correct. At, at Kenny Perry's Country Creek. Um, really appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast and 
kind of you know talk a little bit about Kenny Perry's and as we're dialing in, getting ready for the barn burner here at Kenny Perry's just in just a few weeks, we're very excited to be making the trip up here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. You guys are coming up uh, Saturday, April the 16th, and uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, so we want to hear just a little bit more about you, a little bit more about Kenny Perry's. How long have you been here now? I, I spent a lot of time here as a kid, and um, kind of you kind of came in, I feel like, at, as I was transitioning out of my time here. So how long have you been here now? Uh, my first day was uh, actually January 1 of 2017. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. And, and where did you come from? Uh, well, my, my, uh, my career journey has been very interesting, actually. It's not been one in golf. Uh, I'm actually not the golfer of the family, as you all may know. Uh, that golfer's name is on the sign, Kenny Perry, my uncle. Uh, I do play golf, enjoy golf very much, and I coached golf even at one point in my life. But uh, my career path was music. I was a music teacher for 16 years, college music professor. All my degrees are in music, and I still perform today. But uh, uh, with two young boys growing up, and uh, uh, my parents run a wedding venue here uh, on the golf course, the Arlen at Kenny Perry's Country Creek. And uh, my journey led me back home to Franklin, Kentucky to help with the family businesses. Uh, starting off at the Arling, and then uh, Kenny needed a new director of golf. Uh, so I, I came aboard in 2017 and uh, was excited about the challenge. This is something completely different I've never done before. And, uh, but it's been great. It's going well, and I enjoy it very much. So. Well, you've done a great job up here. Every time I come up here, I wish that I could spend more time up here. Um, it's just been, you know, the staff is always friendly. The course condition is always, you know, Barring weather, of course, we have the, the problems down in the bottom with the, the creek, but we can't control that. Absolutely. Um, you know, the greens are always in good shape, and I always really look forward to coming up here. It's a fun golf course. The, the routing is you can miss it in certain places. In certain places, you absolutely can't. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to having the guys up here to play You know, the, the alternating formats where they'll get a little bit of scramble where they can afford to miss, and then a little bit of true alternate shot where they can't afford to miss at all. Do you have a, a favorite hole out here on the golf course? Oh, uh, gosh. Well, it's hard to say. Uh, I mean, this golf course is it's so fun. It's so unique. It's very accessible to all handicap levels, you know. And, you know, your scratch golfers can cut some corners and, and really trim some yardage off and make it fun. But then your everyday golfer can have a great time out here as well. Uh, number seven is always fun. The barn hole, you know, the dog leg left and trying to cut that corner. Hole 12 is always fun to hit off the bluff into the bottom. Uh, it's kind of hard to pick a, a favorite hole. Even hole two is, you know, if you can get some good yardage, it's a drivable par four. Um, so it's hard to pick just one, but there's some certainly some very unique holes here. What about any uh, any memories that stand out to you? Whether it's like you mentioned, you know, obviously um, some great golf in the family, a bunch of you know family memories built around this place. I'm not sure if you're aware of my family history here. The story that I've always been told is that this Carpenter family farm. Um, before 65 came in and split it up my grandmother mary lou opened you know the restaurant in downtown franklin and so i've always felt very connected to this place um even when you know obviously i wasn't connected to the family in the time that the family owned it but you know, any, every time that i've come back here and obviously with all the time that i've spent here the hours and hours and hours that i've spent out on the golf course you know i felt connected to this place and i'm sure you feel a, a strong connection as well yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember back from the very beginning, I mean, this when this was all farmland and Kenny Perry Drive actually was, uh, I forget the name of the road. Uh, everybody knew it as the drag strip. And you have to ask Kenny on what, what the actual nickname of this road was because he's the only dragster in our family. But uh, 
a lot of people come out here and race their cars up and down what's now Kenny Perry's Country Creek. But, now, uh, Kenny wouldn't have been one of those guys, would he? No, he may have been. I don't know. He might have been. I don't want to call him out or anything. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I remember, you know, when construction started in 92, 93, I had just headed off to college in Bowling Green at Western Kentucky. And, uh, of course, here my, my family's gotten together to build a golf course, and we were all super excited. And believe it or not, during the two years of construction, uh, I would come back to Franklin from Bowling Green uh, to work and worked on help with the construction crew. I mean, I was just a college kid, and they just told me what to do when I did it. But, you know, I remember helping, you know, uh, dig the trenches and gluing the irrigation pipe together. I remember doing a whole bunch of different odds and ends, stuff that I had probably no business doing. But, uh, you know, as a college kid, it was fun to, to see it. I remember the first day when we tore down a barn, which was where whole uh, number three green is, the third green. And, uh, and uh, it was pretty wild just to ripped down this old barn thinking hey, this is about to be a, a, a green at a golf course but uh and then when we opened in 95 i was still in college and and uh started working at the pro shop washing golf carts and you know working behind the counter uh before i headed off to grad school in chicago in 96 so i was here from the in the very very beginning and all the excitement and buzz and of course then i was off doing my career uh traveled around i was uh taught in Kentucky for a while and then I was out in Oregon for a while and then I was in Pittsburgh for a while and uh, when I came back I don't know six or seven years ago so you know I've kind of bookended our 26 year history here uh here in the beginning and now I'm here now in the present day so uh you were probably here and I know you did a lot of golfing here as a teenager and stuff as well and uh, uh while I was off and about but uh, you know you might be fun to tell your listeners you know kind of your your playing history here as a high school golfer and junior golfer and before I tell you all a little bit about my experience growing up and playing at Kenny Perry's Country Creek, we want to briefly interrupt today's episode to tell you a little bit about our great partners in Mr. Patrick Patton and the Rudder at Anchor High Marina. We really appreciate all of his support and involvement in the High Cotton Club, and we couldn't be more thankful to be partners with a great place like the Rudder at Anchor High Marina, where we'll be hosting our Calcutta next Saturday, the Saturday of the Masters, around 3 o'clock that afternoon, where we're going to be celebrating um, just the kickoff of the High Cotton Classic, watching some golf, enjoying some great food and drinks at the Rudder at Anchor High. If you uh, are able to make it to the Calcutta, fantastic. We'll be sending out some more info about that soon. But if you're not, the folks at the Rudder at Anchor High Marina are open Wednesday through Sunday, a little bit different hours throughout the week. So just check their website. Um, the rudder 8hm.com that's the rudder 8hm.com or call 615-348-0129 great place the rudder at anchor high marina in sumner county in the hendersonville area happy hour monday through or wednesday through friday excuse me three to seven and then they're going to be having a great Easter brunch buffet on Sunday, April 17th. That's going to be from 11 to 2. Adults, $35. Children, 4 to 12, $20. And ages 3 and under are going to eat free that day. There's going to be live music, 11 to 3. Mr. David Kane's going to be there. And 5 to 9. I struggled with her name last time, so I'm just going to say Miss Audrey's going to be performing. I'm sure she's going to be doing a great job there as well. So make sure you visit the fine folks at the Rudder at Anchor High Marina. We sure do appreciate their uh, partnership with the high cotton club and now we get back to today's episode yeah well the folks here were kind enough to i i don't know if i was lucky enough just through the family connection or, or what it was but i was probably 14 15 years old and you had to be 16 with a driver's license to have a golf cart but i was up here enough that the folks were kind enough to let me have a cart so uh, my parents would drop me off here first thing in the morning and pick me up last thing at night um, when i finally got my license i would you know 
the day would end, I would pull my cart up to the clubhouse and then I would pull my Durango over to the putting green, turn my lights on and I would putt until it was time to go to dinner. Um, you know, I was just always here trying to get better. Um, a lot of waste of time. I didn't, I didn't get a whole lot better, but I had a whole lot of fun, met some great people. I really remember that Friday night scramble. Um, everybody would come in the clubhouse and get together and uh, draw teams. And then we'd go out there and have a big time. Everybody would gather up on nine after. And it was just a whole lot of fun to come in in front of everybody. And that was probably my first experience coming into like a bit of a gallery, I guess you could say. And so, you know, 13, 14 year old kid coming into that situation. A um, bunch of grown men, you know, having their beers, heckling, doing what they're going to do. Definitely put me in a situation to where um, I took some licks. I made some mistakes, but I was better for it. And um, everybody has always been so kind here. It's always felt like home. And um, I'm really excited to have some guys come up who haven't seen it, have some guys come back who always enjoy coming and just um, really, you know, being able to, I guess, foster an event here now that. It, it was so formative in my history and in my golf experience. So um, just, yeah, really excited to be here now and be coming back here in a few weeks. But you have such an interesting story, such a long story. We, but we have so many architecture nuts that I would be, they would be mad at me if I didn't ask a little bit about the building of the golf course. Was Kenny, you know, technically the architect? Would he say that he designed the golf course? Yes, 100%. Okay. Yeah, he designed the golf course himself. Absolutely. Okay, so... Do you know about how long that process took for him? How long, you know, he was looking at the property and kind of, you know, was he, you know, maybe not attending drag races, but driving down the road and looking at this piece of property, like seeing holes before he kind of pulled the trigger? Or? Oh, that's a good question. I'm, I'm not sure I know the answer. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember back. Of course, I was still just, uh, you know, 18, 19 years old back then. Sure. And, uh, and I, I'm sure it, there was at least a year or two of, of planning you know i remember there being blueprints and and drawings and you know and time spent looking at the farmland and trying to envision you know what would make a good hole here and there uh i know the location was ideal and it has been ideal being located between exits two and six off i-65 and folks drive by on i-65 you can see our course just across from the weight station and uh it's just been a real blessing that this location has been you know, so every single day, even to this day, people pull into our pro shop and just want to see the memorabilia, just want to stop in for a quick round, just because they saw it from the interstate, they saw the sign, um, just the good access for travelers. Um, you know, and a lot of time, a lot of our winter plays are northerners from Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, even Canada, who are just driving down 65 to the first golf course that's open. And here we sit open year round and we pull in a lot of winter play that way as well. But, uh, you know, I think the location was very strategic and uh, and well done. You know, ar architecturally, I think the only thing that we probably, in hindsight, the whole family wish we could have done a little bit differently was holes 12 and 13, which run alongside Drake's Creek, which is the water source for Franklin, Kentucky, and that's the name Country Creek is referring to. Uh, and, you know, on occasion, the water does get a little high, and on occasion, uh, it will, you know, flood holes 12 and 13. It's been, it's been a... Our kryptonite for a course for 26 years now, but uh, but you know our locals understand it. It is what it is. Most golf courses have some kind of you know obstacle that they have to overcome, and that's ours. It's the creek, you know, and uh, and who knows what could have been done differently uh, to prevent that, you know. But uh, but that being said, hole 12 is awful, you know, enjoyable for folks to hit off the bluff and some beautiful views up there. So you know. 
it, it, it brings a negative, but it also brings a positive. So, yeah. That's what I was going to say. As much as it might be, you know, as you say, a kryptonite, it's also those holes when it is dry are so much fun and add so much value. Like you said, it's so much fun to hit off the bluff. Um, you know, whether you're playing the white tees and you get that kind of different angle from blue tees, which, whichever you're playing, you see the silo in the background and you have to pick a line and trust that line. A whole lot of fun on that hole. And then the next hole, you know, just staying out of the creek. You know, off, off the tee, off the second shot, even off the third shot, that creek for me as a lefty is just staring at me in the face all the time. So, um, yeah, even though those holes do get wet sometimes, they're, they're a whole lot of fun. And that long par three following it up, really it can be a, a tough stretch of holes in the right condition. Yeah, absolutely. So um, a little bit more about the golf course and the history. You said that you took down the barn on number three. Um, there's how many barns on property now? Currently, Obviously, we named it the Barn Burner for a reason. Sure. Currently, there are three barns that that are standing in and use here on the property. Okay, and, and what do you use those barns for? Is it just a bunch of storage? It is a bunch of storage. It's exactly what it is, all three of them. Uh, but, uh, you know, the the most famous one is on hole seven. Uh, it's, a, it's a very sharp dog leg left around uh, around a barn that... Uh, if you're a, if you've got distance, you can go over it. If you're really brave and want to go a little bit to the left of it, you can take a par four and make it reachable with a wedge. So, I mean, I'm sorry, a par five and make it reachable with a driver and a wedge. But uh, most people got to stay to the right of the barn. But uh, you know, it's always uh, enticing because everybody knows, hey, if I can get a hold of this one, I can, you know, I can even bounce it off the roof if I need be, you know. But uh, but that that's the most famous barn. The other two barns aren't in play, but they are visible when you drive in, and we kind of just use them for storage. And then a couple barns over at the Arling, too. So even when you're not, you, they're not in play, they're still around. Correct. And then when you play hole number four uh, and you look to your left, you'll see a remodeled tobacco barn, which has become a uh, wedding venue run by my parents. And it's called the Arling at Kenny Perry's Country Creek. Uh, weddings, corporate outings, proms, private parties, this, that, and the other little music concerts. You know, our, probably our most memorable music concert was uh, Vince Gill came up a few years ago and did a. Uh, a concert just him and a guitar on the stage and we had a nice dinner and he'd play a song and tell a story and it's really great him you know Kenny and Vince have been good friends for years and so that was great for him to come up and do that and we hope that, that there'll be some other music events there as well especially me since that's my background um but yeah so that's uh that's the Arlen at Kenny Perry's Country Creek so uh, be sure to look them up on all the social media sites no that's an incredible venue and uh Miss Lydia she was always so kind to me i mean just top-notch human being all around and so yeah if anybody's looking for any type of event space uh, definitely look up the arling at perry's um funny story from when it was a tobacco barn my dad was working it and got stung by a bee in the eye in that barn and so every time i play that hole i look over that barn and think of my dad so um you know a, a bunch of history for a bunch of people here i would say that this golf course means a whole lot to a bunch of people and that's not necessarily true for a bunch of golf courses. Would you agree with that? No, I, I 100%. You know, there's uh, so much family connection with, with everything. You know, I'll even start with the Arling. You know, a lot of people are like, well, what does the Arling mean? It's, a, it's A-R-L-I-N-G. Well, that was my great-grandfather's first name. His name was Arling McKinley Perry. He was mayor of Franklin about 50 years ago. And uh, so this would be Kenny's and my mother's grandfather. Uh, so, you know, and then... Uh, you know, Arlie McKinley's son was Kenneth Perry, which was Kenny's dad, who everybody remembers him out here. He probably loved this place more than anybody on this planet. And for a stretch there, he was probably a bigger celebrity here at Country Creek than Kenny Perry himself. Everyone knew 
Anyway, I, I called him Granddaddy as he came in his red golf cart and his uh, cigars and his overalls, and uh, he'd follow you around and welcome you and chat with you. And if you ever catch him make, making a birdie, he'd toot his horn at you. And and uh, still to this day, every single day, people come in asking about him: Is he still alive? Is he still around? Is you know? And then they want to tell stories. And uh, you know, we set up at the Nashville Golf Show a few years ago, and and I think the number one thing we did was stand in that booth and hear people tell us stories about my grandfather, which was Kenny's dad. So. A lot of family connection and history here, and uh, not just with Franklin, but uh, with uh, all the all of our family and, and all of this property. Yeah, definitely. There was certainly a time where you say he was more of a celebrity than Kenny. Whenever I talked earlier about the kind of gallery that would form around nine with the scramble, but whenever I saw that red cart, I wasn't afraid that it was Kenny. I was afraid that, like you said, Granddaddy, you know, making sure that uh, I wanted to impress him. I wanted to get that too, too. Yes, he'll 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 put some pressure on you. That was for sure. So. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but it was, like you said, uh, a family atmosphere, and, and although I was nervous to see him, it was a heck of an experience for a kid to come up here, you know, just a bunch of, you know, whereas a bunch of people may experience kind of an inner city um, childhood, you know, growing up without a golf course or growing up um, with a bunch of golf courses, we grew up where all of our golf courses are surrounded by farmland, um, and so driving up, you know, 25, 30 minutes to Kenny Perry's, and you have a guy who is on the PGA Tour, who is competing at the highest level, on the range hitting balls in blue jeans. It makes a kid think that he has that you know, ability to go chase a dream, and you know, it meant a lot for a whole lot of people, and I think that that's what this kind of place represents. Yes. And you, know, you can trace that back to Kenny's reasoning for building Country Creek. You know, he's always, his whole career, been very vocal about why he built Country Creek, you know. We have a country club here in, in Franklin, the Franklin Country Club. It's a wonderful course. It's been there a long time. We all grew up there playing golf, learning to play golf there. And that's where, you know, Kenny played all of his, all of his youth years. But uh, uh, it frustrated him that he had so many friends that couldn't come play golf with him because their parents weren't members. And uh, he always had this, you know, incentive that, you know, if I ever have money and make it successfully, I want to build a golf course in Franklin where everyone can come play. And so that kids, you know, aren't left out. And so that was really one of his main drives of building Country Creek. And still, to this day, we have so many youth that come out here and play. And they would, you know, and Kenny won't hesitate to go up and chat with them and encourage them, give them a pat on the back, give them a tip, you know. Uh, and, and then my grandfather as well did the same thing. You know, he'd ride around and follow them and help them out. And so many, you know, youth golfers just remember the two of them, you know, for, you know, not being intimidating, but for being supportive. and encourage him to play and you know youth youth golf is so important not just to you know keeping the game of golf thriving but also for a business you know i mean uh, the youth today are our future customers and so we we you know we try to take care of all of the youth that we can and uh we have lots of youth tours that stop here every year and that's exciting uh personally for our since we've talked a lot about our family we're excited that you know we've got some some of kenny's grandkids that are now old enough to get into golf and two or three of them are uh, are starting to play pretty regularly, and uh, uh, little Rowdy James is really getting serious about it and having some early success. And uh, so we're all super excited to watch them when the years come and see how they develop and and what kind of golf career you know they all have themselves. You know whether it's just you know high school golf or college golf or even professional golf. So uh, and I know Kenny too. We can see the joy in his eyes when he's hanging out with the grandkids, seeing them discover golf and learn and and uh, watching them grow and being able to help. You know now that he's He's home more often. Uh, it's just, it's a really joy to see. And I think that just speaks to 
you know, I've, I've spoken already about what a family atmosphere, but what a role model the entire family is from you to the grandkids to all the way up top with your grandfather. Everybody in the family has meant so much to this community, to the golfers who have come through this community. But you also speak about how much youth golf and youth tours mean to, to this golf course specifically. Um, I know a few of the guys who have kind of gone on to some success, but how many or are, are there a few golfers that stand out to you that have spent a whole lot of time here as youth and have kind of made it? The, the one that sticks out to me is Zach Keen. He, you know, he's the one who we were kind of at similar age and went up to play um, in Western Kentucky and, and now down in Florida trying to play, I guess. Let's see, Zach. Yeah, Zach played for East Robertson High School here, uh, which is one of the high schools that uses us as a host course. And uh, and he and then he went on. I, uh, Zach, if you're listening, I hope I get this right. I think it was Cumberland University down in Tennessee. Okay. Uh, is where he played his collegiate golf. And then he came back and worked here for our grounds crew for a few years. Uh, you know, Zach's so, he's so great. And, uh, you know, and then he's such a good golfer, such a good person, such a good worker. And uh, he's been spending his winters in Florida and, you know, summers up here trying to uh, pursue golf as a career. Um, I think he's currently in Vero Beach, maybe down at Bent Pine. Uh, where you know all of the Kenny Perry fans understand the connection there. That's where Kenny got his start down there as well. And so I know Zach's been pursuing um, professional golf. Is you know, and of course, you know it's it's people don't realize how hard it is to to make it in professional golf. It's extremely extremely difficult. Um, but uh, you know Zach's giving it a go. He's one. Um, just thinking off the top of my head, another person that uh, uh, sticks out in my head is uh, is Matt Killen. Oh yeah, um, definitely. You know, I think a lot of people know that name now, Matt, and um, he's done so well. So proud of him. He's, you know, he's somebody that grew up here in Franklin. He washed golf carts and worked here as a teenager. Played on the golf team. Uh, well, and he'll be the first to tell you he wasn't the best golfer on his golf team. But Matt found his, you know, success as a golf teacher. You know, his ability to analyze and study the golf swing and help people find you know, success and, uh, you know, as a teacher, and he's gone on now to be one of the most sought after teachers on the PGA Tour, working with so many professional golfers, most notably Justin Thomas and even Tiger Woods a few years ago uh, when Tiger was at the Masters and you'd see him on TV and there's Matt in the background, you know, who was helping him with his putting that week. So Matt has had so much success and, you know, he's just a hometown, hometown kid, uh, everybody here in Franklin, but he's done great as well. And, uh, but, you know, well, we still got some some up and comers, and we've got some other guys that are getting pretty close. And uh, if you ever come out here to Country Creek and you see Kenny running around with a uh, a gentleman uh, practicing, his name's Chris Irwin. He's done really really well lately, and uh, he's had some some uh, a, a great journey him, himself. You should look him up, Chris Irwin, E R W I N. He's uh, he was military for a while and played for the military golf team, and has had some really good success lately. He's playing some great golf. He's getting getting to play in some events on the Corn Ferry Tour and some of the, some of the other tours and uh, giving it a go. And Kenny right now is spending a lot of his time here working with Chris, and uh, we all got our fingers crossed that maybe Chris will be, uh, be on the tour here one day real soon. Fantastic. So, and this may be something that, you know, is a little bit too into the weeds, but when, when they're using Kenny Perry's Country Creek as a facility to kind of prepare for that, are they just going out and playing golf? Or are they riding around hitting shots, hitting the range? Yeah, for the most, the driving range is where they spend most of their time in the putting green, and uh, and then you know they'll find gaps and hop out and play a few holes between customers and things like that. Uh, 
Uh, and then some days, you know, Kenny, Chris, and sometimes Zach would join them, uh, who we spoke about earlier, and some of the other guys, some of our uh, staff members that uh, are really good golfers, uh, you know, Alex Filchuk and some of those guys. They'll, they'll jump out as a foursome and get after it. And, and, and it's fun to watch them because they get pretty competitive. And even though they're just here at Country Creek, you know, they're competitive people, including Kenny. And, uh, and uh, he's not shy about the trash talking. And uh, he's not shy about uh, giving you his absolute best and beating you down and, and telling you all about it while he's beating you. So, uh, of course, everybody also likes to try to beat Kenny. It's always fun to try to take him out here on his home course. And uh, every once in a while, one of these guys will get him. But it's very, very rare. So. Well, I think it speaks to the quality of the golf course that people who can come out here who have hardly ever touched golf club, who haven't even touched golf club. And while they, you know, um, they're going to struggle a little bit if they haven't touched golf club, they can get around the golf course. And it is also fosters competition to the absolute best players um, and so that's a great golf course for me is being able to you know be something for everybody, and that's exactly what Kenny Perry's is, I think. Yeah, that's in our, that's obviously in our mission statement. You know, Kenny wanted it to be accessible to all handicaps. He wanted it to be challenging enough for your scratch golfer, but he wanted it to be easy enough for your everyday, you know, bogey golfer to have a good time. Uh, you know, our fairways are are fairly wide, our greens are fairly big, and so uh, it's it's uh you know when you leave here. Uh, you know, we want you to feel like you had a great day of golf. We don't want you to feel like you've been beaten up with a, with a pair of boxing gloves. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And even though the golf course, you know, like, like you said, you can't have that effect. You can also, that finishing stretch of 17 and 18, I feel like every time I finish that stretch, I, I look back at it like, well, I might have left one or two out there. That's one stretch that can kind of beat me up a little bit, at least personally. Yeah, 17 and 18 is probably two of the hardest holes out here. And it's it's pretty brutal when the, the last two holes are, are the toughest two, and you're fatigued, and and uh, uh, and the, you know, of course, our, our greens are elevated as well, and and you know, if you play here on a regular basis, you plan for that. But that uh, that elevated 17th green, you know, usually catches people by surprise. So, uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, you're absolutely right. Tough, tough final two holes. We interrupt this episode one more time to talk to you about our presenting sponsor once again, the great guys at Golf RX and Mountain Juliet. Whether you need custom club fitting, lessons, or club repair, Ryan Smith and Seth Grissom can get you dialed in. I went just last week and got my lies and loss adjusted, and I still haven't had a chance to get to the range, but heading into the barn burner at Kenny Perry's, I'm very much looking forward to getting out to the range and getting my game dialed in and uh, feel a whole new confidence knowing that my clubs are exactly how they're supposed to be. So if you want to feel that confidence, go see the guys at Golf RX and Mount Juliet. They're open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. They're online at golfrx.biz, and they're going to be coming to social media very soon. We're going to be doing big things with Golf RX, and we just couldn't be more thankful to have them as a presenting sponsor for the podcast and as a partner for the High Cotton Club. So without further ado, let's get back to the episode. So with that being said, we have a very exciting format coming up for the Barn Burner, and so we're going to be you know, kind of highlighting and showcasing these holes in hopefully a fun and exciting way. So we're going to be playing the front nine as a, a two-man scramble, um, so that's going to be hopefully an opportunity for guys to kind of get a you know a nice gentle handshake with the golf course, get a nice introduction before they go to a um, preferred drive best ball on the back nine, and then a true alternate shot for when they play the front nine again for that 27 holes. Um, so we're going to have you know a great competition between some two man teams determined by handicaps. We'll draw it as we always do with between A and B pods, try to get you know fair teams out there. But then we're really excited to be headed to the pond after the, that 27th hole for a shootout. You guys, I mean, I'm sure you haven't had anything like that here before. 
I, I, I can't think of any time we've done anything like this before. So, and I remember when you called me, it, of course, you know, we're very open-minded and excited to try new things. So the idea of having a, a floating target out there, you know, that they can shoot at is just going to be wonderful. I think it's going to be really exciting. And, and we'll certainly get all that up on our social media so people at home can, can see the fun. Yeah, we're, I mean, uh, construction will begin this weekend. I know that we have some questions in the Q&A coming up. Um, about the floating green itself, but really excited to be bringing that out here to have, you know, a little, you know, with horse racing being Kentucky and, and Kentucky Downs being right down the road, we'll have a little bit of a, a horse race ourselves, I guess, to determine who's the best with the wedge. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds fun. So um, let's go ahead and talk real quick about the High Cotton Classic. We have signups coming up very quickly, um, coming to a close very quickly, excuse me, in all of our states, but especially Tennessee, signups close this upcoming Sunday. Um, we're recording on Thursday, April um, 31st right now, so or March 31st, excuse me. So if you haven't signed up, just send your gen or world handicap system number to highcottoncattle at gmail.com. Great match play event. Started out at 16 players last year, went to 32. Now we're shooting for 64 in the state of Tennessee, leading to the High Cotton Cup, uh, Ryder Cup style event between Kentucky, Alabama, and Tennessee and at the end of July. So um, if you have any questions about that, Please uh, don't be hes- don't hesitate rather to shoot us a message, shoot any questions that you have to our Instagram account, email, smoke screen, whatever you got to do, and we'll answer those in the next podcast. So we're going to hop straight into our Q and A. We're really excited and appreciative of all of our Instagram followers who jumped in with some questions. First question that we have is uh, live betting odds of this year's Classic champion, and I know that you don't have a whole lot of experience with our High Con Classic, but if you were to um, if you were to, to pick a handicap range that you would say is going to be favorable in this kind of setup, you get 16 days to schedule and play your match, 75% of handicap, um, handicap reset, reset after the first two or three rounds. What kind of handicap range would you say is going to be favorable in this? Oh, gosh. Well, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess on this one. Um, you know, I mean, I, I'm assuming that you're probably going to have some fairly uh talented and and great golfers in your in your competition here so um you know i would probably say uh uh i don't even know um i'll give you our first champion was i believe a three or four yeah our second champion was about a two okay um we've had a couple plus handicaps compete but they get you know they're in a tough spot because of the handicap sure Um, sure. and then the higher handicap when it comes time for crunch time, you know, the trigger gets a little, uh, a little yeah. funky. There are a lot of really good golfers in this area that, that compete in, in, in all of the circuits and, and tournaments and things like that. So, uh, I mean, I'm certainly not surprised that that's uh, the level of play you're getting. Well, you know, if I had to pick an early um, favorite, I would have to say John Stewart. Early 64 in the first round of the High Cotton Classic in the first edition, and he hasn't really done a whole lot since. So. Sue, I know you're listening. I'm calling you out. You talk a whole lot, but you haven't done a whole lot lately. So uh, I can't wait to see what you do in this upcoming um, High Cotton Classic. And with speaking of Stu, question from him, what is the course record here at Kenny Perry's? Well, uh, the course record, and I hope I'm, I hope I'm telling this right, but uh, it's my understanding the course record still stands at 60, 6-0, 12 under. Uh, held by the man himself, Mr. Kenny Perry. 
Has anybody that you know of come close to that uh, recently or any time? Um, I, I know there's been a couple of people who have had a putt for 59. Uh, uh, and but there's not very many. I know Kenny himself has had a two or three times he's had a putt for 59 out here. Um, uh, kind of a kind of a maybe a sore spot, maybe to not be able to get that 59 on the home course. But uh, we've had a couple of guys shoot 63, 62 out here, 61 on occasion. But uh, yeah. And uh, another question from Stu: Is there an actual hole on the floating green? If so, will there be a hole in one pot? Um, like I said earlier, construction to begin this weekend. Going to dedicate this weekend to getting that knocked out. Um, so yeah, I can put a, I can put a hole in there, and we can figure out how to do a hole in one pot. If someone knocks it in from however far, we're going to figure out how to set it up. At um, yeah, sure, we'll figure that out. That's That'll some confidence fun. right there. He, he's not just concerned about the floating green, but he wants to. He he's planning on the hole in one, planning on it. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, Stu's got a whole lot of confidence. He'll talk a whole lot. But um, I think he's more worried about the financial opportunities. You know, he's he's a banker. He's in finance. He's more worried about the potential ROI yeah. than uh, he is um, actually hitting the shot. Um, another great question from Jacob Klingen. What's better, piping a drive down the middle, hitting a long iron within a few feet of the cup, or um, holding a long putt? Gosh, yeah. Uh, I, th- I probably, I would say holding the long putt. I mean, that's the most dramatic finish you know i mean a great drive down the middle is great and and you know throwing darts at a pin is great but when, when you can drain a long putt you know and you can do the the tiger fist pump or whatever whatever celebration that it is that you do i think that long putt's gotta it's gotta be the winner there i was pretty pretty much set on the long iron shot um, oh yeah coming into the conversation but you you convinced me. you know i was thinking <laughs> you know you hit the great drive that's half the battle um, but then you'd have to put yourself in position um, if you want to be able to make that birdie. Yeah. And so to be able to convert that long iron shot is, is such a great feeling, especially you know, in, in a tough situation. But like you said, if you don't make the putt, what does it matter? So you want to be able to celebrate. That's what actually counts is getting the ball in the hole. That's all. That's all right. So we end each podcast with a little bit of life advice, um, whether it's life advice you know, that you want people to take with them daily or it's life advice for golf. Um, what would your life advice be for our listeners? Oh, wow. This one's heavy. Should have prepped me on this one. I know. I always, <laughs> I, I try to surprise people with this one. So I'll give you a second to think oh, on I got, it. I think I'm ready. Okay. You ready? Go yeah. Ahead. And, and I'll tell you while I'm ready is that, you know, we're currently, we've been doing a lot of job interviewing uh, for the upcoming season, bringing on some new people on our grounds crew. And, uh, and uh, there's always a question I ask somebody when I interview them to, for, to work here. Uh, and it, it's a question that goes back to when I used to interview for jobs myself as a college professor. So I stole this question from somebody. And, uh, and then I used it forever as a teacher. And now I use it now as a general manager of a golf course. And, and that's what I ask everybody that I ever meet who's applied for a position, a job, or a leadership role. I ask them to define the word integrity. And we all know what integrity is, but it's a very difficult word to define. Uh, and so they always stop and they think, and you hear lots of answers like, well, it means being honest, or it means working hard, or it means being a good person. And these are all correct. Uh, and then I always share with them what my favorite answer of all time would be. And that is having integrity is doing the right thing when nobody's looking. And that is, you know, you know, we're always looking for a raise or a pat on the back or somebody say good job, or we're always looking for that positive reinforcement. You know, and, and what, 
you know, my life advice would be is, is to always just live life with integrity, you know, and don't worry about that pat on the back and don't worry about that raise and just, just always do the right thing, even if nobody sees you, because, you know, you know, it, it just means you're a good person. It means you've got good character. It means you're a caring and loving person. And it just makes the world better for everybody if we can all just live life with integrity. No, I love that. I think that's great advice. We were talking about it at the end of yesterday's podcast and kind of how we try to live our lives as individuals and as a club to just treat people the right way and do the right thing. And I think that's, you know, right in line. And I, I couldn't agree more. And I love that that's part of your interview process. And I'm sure it, it can weed out some folks and lead to some great candidates as well. Yeah. And yeah, and it, and it also aligns with golf. You know, golf is a game of etiquette. It's a golf of uh, tradition and, a, you know, it, it's a game of tradition and it's a, it's a sport where you call penalties on yourself. You know, I mean, it, it is what golf is. Golf's a game of, of, of being honest, you know. Um, and uh, so integrity, I think, just kind of aligns with that as well. I would say, um, you know, I'm going to run out of life advice pretty quick doing this <laughs> every, every week. But, but this week, I would say try hard. Um, things are not always going to be easy. Um, there will be challenges. There will be trials and tribulations. Um, for me, you know, dealing with Lyme disease, especially, um, you know, there's certain days where I don't feel great. Uh, and there's days where I don't feel like I'm capable, um, but I, I continue to try hard and I will continue to try hard and I won't let that stop. And so as long as I continue to try hard, I feel like everything will take care of itself. And so if you're going through something, if you feel like you're struggling, just try hard continue to try hard. And when it gets hard, just try harder. Keep your head down, um, put a hard hat on, pull your boots up, whatever you got to do, just keep trying and uh, you'll get through it. Great advice. All right. So thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you, Mr. Marty Sherr for sitting in. Really appreciate you hosting us here at Kenny Perry's Country. Looking forward to the barn burner at Kenny Perry's here in just a few weeks. Do you have any kind of uh, closing thoughts? No, we're super excited to have your uh, your event here on April the 16th. Can't wait. Can't wait to see the floating green and uh, to meet everybody and, and follow along. You know, we'll be watching as spectators that day, uh, you know, me and my crew. So we're looking forward to that. But, uh, you know, I know a lot of our, I'm guessing a lot of your listeners have been to our course before. Uh, we do draw a lot of customers from Tennessee and from the South. And, uh, but if somebody's listening, who's never been here before, I hope they'll come up and give us a, give us a, a visit and play some golf. You know, we're located just off exit two off I 65 first exit. When you get into Kentucky, easy to find, you know, find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, and, uh, follow along in, the, in our community and, uh, just look forward to seeing everybody. And, uh, thanks again for this opportunity, Connor. Appreciate all that you're doing. Yeah, no, thank you very much. And you'll be able to follow along with Kenny Perry's as we tag them throughout our uh, lead up to the barn burner, Kenny Perry's, and can't wait to get back up here for that. So for Connor Hendrickson and my co-host Tanner Sandell today, um, thank you again, Marty Sherr. You've been listening to Dialed In, a podcast by the High Cotton Club. <laughs>